Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Well, here we go. Glory awaits, sister. Here we are. Let Love podcast. Sisters of Life. That's us. How are you, sister? Good sister, are you saying? Oh my gosh, it's so good I'm to go with you in the second week of Lent. We're well on our way. Oh my gosh, and who knew the gospel would be so glorious? Yeah, this was a shocker. I was like, wow, this we're going to the heights. We're going to, well, there it is. We're going to stay there. It's all about Mount Tabor uh-huh. this round, this week. But I, I guess, I don't know, before we jump in, before we jump into the gospel, I, I think it just warm our hearts up to talk about like, mountaintop mm. experiences, hiking, because this is a strong theme that the Gospels are putting down for us. Yeah. Yeah. This is the second mountain in two weeks. I mean, it's what? Jesus has the things with mountains. I know. For the desert, it's pretty hiking. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the word. We just made it one. We're doing <laughs> a lot of hiking. I get you, sister. Have you been hiking since? I have. I love it. There, it's, it's, it's awesome. Always an awesome experience. I do have one memory that uh, I'll never forget. And that was, I went when I was visiting home as a postulant. So I still had some pretty decent gear on since entering the convent, you know, long skirt, maybe down to ankle length. Uh, it's a miracle we made it through that. Black shoes, white socks, vest, hiked a mountain in it. All conditions gear. <laughs> a way to go. Yeah, you knew. Even my brother was like, no way, you're not going to make it. He's like, can you just switch something out? I was like, no, this is it now. This is it. <laughs> you, and you have to suffer the consequences. That's right. Um, but we, yeah. <laughs> And you're not taking them off. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, there's a mountain in Australia called Mount Kobiosko, hmm. and it's our highest peak. So it's about, it's about a six hour climb outside of winter. And I mean, winter's not that intense for us, but it's a, it's a decent six hour climb. And it's like, sister, it's like straight up. It's all, it's kind of, you're just kind of doing stairs the whole time. So you're stopping quite a bit just to get your breath, but it's, it's a serious hike and uh, gorgeous views all the way, but like any mountaintop, it's the, it's the peak that's unbelievable uh, and worth it. But it's it's quite a journey on the way up. Uh, and yeah, I loved it. I was I think I was egging my brother on and he definitely didn't want a skirt to beat him. So we moved fast, <laughs> which was awesome. But uh, and the view at the top was spectacular. Like it's just endless mountains everywhere. And it's that crazy experience. You get to the top and you just forget about the whole way up. I mean, it was uh you know, we didn't want to come down. Like, I get Peter. I'm like, let's stay here, tent and all. Like, let's let's pitch it and never move. But I do remember another experience that I had as I experienced at the top, and that's that incredible experience of feeling like jelly-like weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to the top and you're like, you're so glad you accomplished this awesome feat. But at the same time, too, I'm like, I have no idea how we're going to get back down because I'm weak as a noodle. Like, it just, I could collapse anywhere. Um, utterly exhausted. You know, I think we kind of forget that yeah. sometimes the mountaintop yeah. experience, but you, and if you give it your all and push, you basically got nothing left when you hit the top. That's it. Mm. That's it. And yet it's glorious up there. Yeah. It's like these strange two wild experiences. It's a fun paradox, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, even to my sister. Yeah. Well, my family, like my dad was such an avid hiker. Really? And we lived in rural Maine. And so mm-hmm. we had the beautiful... Uh, White Mountains, you could pop over to New Hampshire, you could go up Washington, you could pop up north and hike Mount Katahdin, you could hike on the AT, the Appalachian Trail. 
And and basically, we would hike all the time. Well, um, if you wanted to go out for ice cream, you had to go hiking with Dad first. Well, you had to earn it. Oh, we had to earn it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ice cream always tastes better after a hike anyway. Well, and it's just, it's sweeter. True. It's actually so <laughs> They do. No, and I think um, of all these adventures, and we were the type of family, like, even if it was raining, we're still going hiking. If we well, had to go hiking... And, you know, dad said, bring a garbage bag and he would make us little ponchos and, you know, we would hike in the mud and sing much our way along. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, but I think as I reflect on all of these hiking experiences, because, yeah. yeah, I was blessed to have many. Um, blessed to spend days on mm-hmm. the trail, you know, on the Appalachian Trail with my dad or cool. to spend days uh, hiking with my siblings Um or, you know, to try to take down Mount Washington, which is a nice. big peak. Uh, okay. And, and, you know, New England's big boast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always something that you learn on the trip. Huh. You know, there's something you learn about yourself. You kind of get in touch with the yeah. deeper stuff. Because as you're saying, sister, it's like, yeah, like there's a lot of times where you feel like that mountain's beating you, mm-hmm. right? Then you can hardly pick up your foot and you don't think you're going to make it. Um, yeah. And you're testing the limits of your strength. And yet when you get to the top and yeah, you're like tired and the jelly legs and um, yeah, it's like you're, you're exhausted and yet it's almost like you're all the more able to receive something once you get up there. Cool. Like there's, there's a glory up there. There is, the air is thinner, you know, <laughs> I think nice. my dad loved it up there because it was a spiritual experience for him, you know, yeah. and I and I do think that there's truth to that. You're, you're, you're closer to heaven, and I and I do think God kind of honors that that proximity. Like, yeah, um, he loves to speak up there. He loves to speak hmm. to our hearts and in profound ways. When he has access more up there, Ooh. what I don't know what it is more, but I, I really I think it's true. I honestly think it's true. Um, yeah, and actually. I've never regretted as much as I was regretting the trail and getting beat by that mountain. Mm-hmm. It's like once you hit that mountaintop, it's like no regrets, no regrets. So like true. I've never regretted the ardor of getting up there. Yeah. Only to say that this gospel this week in the second week of Lent, yes. um, there are some really important lessons that God wants us to learn mm-hmm. on the top of Mount Tabor Amen. as we make this journey in Lent. And it's pretty awesome that the church gives us um, the church gives us such an awesome mountaintop yep. experience uh, uh-huh. in this penitential season. And I just I feel the mercy of the church. I feel the love of the church. Yep. I feel the hope mm-hmm. um, in the heart of our Savior. And I cannot wait to dive in. It's comes mm-hmm. sister. Let's do it, sister. You want to say a little prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we call out to you as your children. We thank you for this gift of life. We thank you for your life, for your goodness to us, your providence, for all the ways that you're blessing, all the ways that we know and can name it, and all the ways that are hidden to us and are mysterious. We praise you and we thank you for always being good to us. And Father, just as we gather and pray, we ask you to come into our presence, into our hearts right now. In the name of Jesus, we ask for a new outpouring of your Holy Spirit to be with us in the depths of our hearts, to fill us with your Spirit, more of your truth, more of your life, more of your wisdom, and all the gifts that you entrusted to us at our baptism that came alive in our confirmation. We give you permission to reign in our hearts, to help us to look up, to see you, 
to notice you, to welcome you. We also ask for the protection and the guidance of Blessed Mother to keep us close to the voice of your Son. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, pray for us. Amen. Woohoo! That's awesome. That's always the best response to the rest. Oh my gosh. Get her a lady in here. Yeah, I know. And then it's open to be okay. Well, Sister okay. Paul, I read the gospel last time. I think it's your turn. Okay, that's true. My, I'm it. It's a good one. Tag, you're it. Okay. I heard the American accent <laughs> last week. It is beautiful. And now we're going to flip over to Australia. Let's do it. Okay. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. And as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I love this gospel. I know. How much time have we got? This is going to be hard. (laughs) It is. Seriously. Yeah, right? Second week of Lent. Ah, over on Mount Tabor. Mm-hmm. And we were just like coming from this crazy mountain of temptation. Isn't that wild? I know, I love that. We're heading to Mount Calvary. What's going on? I know, there are all these mountaintops. Jesus likes the mountain. Yeah, it's wild. And that, that struck me in this sister too, you know? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're mountain hit, hit number two. Like Jesus loves these mountains. And I think it's fascinating even just to see how similar it was to the mountain that we were just at last week. You know, and actually how similar these gospel passages are. You know, we read last week that the devil tempts Jesus and he took Jesus up a high mountain. Mm -hmm. It's the same description we have here. Jesus took his disciples up a high mountain. You know, so we've we've got this first mountain, this mountain we could call of temptation, you know, where where the devil tempts Jesus with these ifs, you know. If you uh, worship me, I'm going to promise you the magnificence of all the kingdoms of the world before him. You know, this, if you do this, if you do that, you will get. If you act this way, uh, you'll get everything you want and more. You know, this kind of, the sound of the enemy, enemy that's conditional that we hear, that we all hear in our hearts in different ways, subtle ways. And yet here we have the Father's voice uh, that when Jesus takes his closest friends up, there's no ifs here. The Father is, this is my son. You know, on this mountain, this new mountain that we are, on the mountain of the transfiguration, there's no ifs in God's love. It's this is my son. It's this this gift of this pre-gift that is beheld by the one who who walks up this mountain with Jesus that accompanies him. Um, it's this gift given in the desert without conditions, you know, just period from that. 
And I love it too, because, you know, you see the devil tempts tempts uh, uh, Jesus with, you know, all the wonders of the kingdoms of the world, as if that's something um, that is appealing and uh, can give Jesus anything. And yet God the Father looks at us and says, I'm going to give you all the kingdoms of the world of my son. Like, this is the gift, everything you've ached for, everything you want, my kingdom, which is eternal, and all the gifts that it upholds, I'm going to give them to you in a person, my son, um, free, without cost, where you are in your exhaustion and your weakness at the top of this mountain. I'm not asking for you to lie down. I'm not asking for you to be a slave to me. I'm asking you to receive my son, to behold him, um, this gift on the mountaintop. Oh, sister. Yeah. What gifts of the, we're claiming the gifts mm. of the desert. Yeah, right. And it's like, look at this. This is the gift system. Like, it's right in front of us. It's mm-hmm. almost like the father is like, hey, you're stepping into your second week of Lent. Yeah, right. Um, and whatever happened this first week, it's like, just look at my son. Uh-huh. Lift up your eyes. And like... I don't know, sister, yep. I love what you're saying. It sets it up so beautifully. And yet also, like, mm-hmm. as I'm listening to this gospel, I mean, I'm sitting here, <laughs> and it does, it floods my heart with hope. Because here we see, like, Jesus took, you know, his brothers, his disciples up to the mountain, and it was like, boom, he was transfigured. He was longing for this moment to reveal himself mm-hmm. to his his dear brothers. It reminded it all along. I mean, and this is, I mean, my heart just like, whoa, hmm. this is true for each one of us yeah. daring into this pilgrimage of Lent. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you. Hmm. Um, let's trust this. Yeah. Let's lean in towards this. And not just like his ordinary self, right? His incarnate self. Yeah. His glorious self. Hmm. His transfigured self. His like, yeah, like in the heart of the father uh-huh self like um we have access to a savior cool as you step into the second week of lent jesus wants to draw you to himself yeah. he wants to reveal himself to you and he wants his glory to break into your life right I love that. even to see like here they are they're like terrified they're like what the heck is yeah. going on mm-hmm. this is out of this world and yet jesus comes and I love this word in the gospel. Um, he came and touched them, <laughs> saying, rise and do not be afraid. Jesus touched them, right? Like, to think about this touch of Jesus in mm. our life. And I feel like this is the touch we want to be looking for as we move into this second week of Lent. Um, you know, where do we need the touch of our Redeemer, mm. of our Savior, of love himself? Um, so that we might overcome our fear, so that we might push it aside and walk towards him. Yeah. Um, and, and to think about this, like, where is Jesus reaching out for you? Where is he touching your heart? Mm-hmm. Where is his invitation? Uh, these are things I think we want to be thinking about as we, as we walk deeper into the desert and mm-hmm. walk into this second week of Lent looking for the touches mm. um, of our Savior, Jesus. Oh, I love that. Because I think there's, I, you know, it reminds me too of like any time we climb a mountain, that's like you pretty soon, it's kind of like week two of Lent, pretty soon into a mountain climb, you know, you realize just how weak you are. You know, mm. you kind of get the lactic acid in the legs and you slow down right away. And 
I know about you, but I always start strong and then that you hit this kind of wall, this physical wall where it's like, wow, I'm always shocked how easy uh, we physically begin to feel like the the kickback of our humanity that yes. does not want to climb one more step. There you know? is. Um, and I think it's it's cool because when we have this image of a mountaintop, I'm like, these experiences you're talking about, they're happening in a in a place that like we're also experiencing the height of our weakness. You know, the mountaintop is this this experience of peak weakness. And it's and it's a beautiful reflection to think like, what are my experiences already two weeks in? I don't know about you, but I have a list of them of like, wow, that's where I'm really weak. Now I know all the more. It's like this revealing of like, I really struggle with that. Or um, I'm aware of where I'm falling short or uh, more sensitive to some place that I'm struggling in or a time of the day or a thought pattern or whatever it is. Like, I'm aware of my peak weaknesses or at least beginning to notice them more. Um, and you talking about the touches of Jesus, I, I mean, it made me think of like, I mean, sometimes I think we can let, think of the Latin period too of like waiting till the end of Lent to do a really good confession. <laughs> no, I mean, I remember growing up there, I'm like, it's like, you know, you're kind of the on-ramp, like you're, you're kind of calculating all your slip-ups and then you get to the end of Lent and there's this big push for confession, which is awesome and a good lead up right before Holy Week. But, like, let's not let um, this mountain of our weaknesses before, like, let's not wait till the end of Lent to start there. Like, actually, maybe now at the beginning of Lent where I'm immediately confronted with these places of weakness, that we tap into this powerful sacrament that actually gives us the strength to lean in in a moment of weakness um, or bring whatever mountains we're experiencing of weakness to the sacrament of confession now. Like, that's not a place we lead up to. That's that's admitting that I need help now. Second weekend, I'm ready to confess. Awesome. <laughs> you know, and not just confess, but I ache and need uh, the gift of that touch, that encounter that's going to help me raise and stand up when I can't get off the floor because my face is flat in the dirt. <laughs> and I know it's like, why, why wait to the end of Lent? That's it, sister. I don't know. Well, if you think about it, when you're hiking, you want to drop the extra weight. Ooh, that's so true. You want to cut it. You're like, did I really need that second jacket? There it is. Should have done the garbage confession. Thing. Yep. You'll lose major spiritual weight. It makes the hike a lot easier. Totally. Right? When you're not carrying around that extra weight. Shed that weight. Amen. Why? Right. Don't what? drag it. Right. Drop it. Get that touch of his merciful love. Amen. In a confessional near you. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, sister, it's okay. true, right? Yeah, what else? In addition to that, as you're speaking, you know what else it reminds me of? Tell me. Well, let you, I don't, I'm, no, I'm ready to get to it. <laughs> We're going to get personal. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but um, yeah. the reality that um, the transfiguration, mm -hmm. at least in the transfiguration, um, or for our community, the solemnity yeah. of the transfiguration, is the day that we've chosen and that many religious mm -hmm. communities choose to profess their vows well, yep. to Almighty God. It's the peak day. Poverty, chastity, obedience. And for us, the fourth vow to protect and enhance the sacredness of human life. Mm -hmm. And... Just as you're speaking, um, it's yeah. a powerful thing, whether it's the second week of Lent, whether it's in our life of discipleship, whether it's, um, I know for me personally, as I prepared to make mm -hmm. my final profession to God, right? Yeah, tell us about that. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a lot I could say, but as you're speaking, yeah. it's like, you know, I think I had this idea, this thought, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, when I was a year out from final profession, it's like, okay, like you know, I'm going to get big and strong in the spiritual life. And then I'm going to be ready to give my yes to God, right? right. Like, right. I'm going to like, 
grow in this confidence. Yeah, I'm going to work up to it. Do all my spiritual push-ups and like be able to profess my vows like from the strength of my heart. Yeah. And all that's goodwill and beautiful. Yeah. But what I watched the Lord do, like my approach to final vows was like basically, yes, this beautiful hike up this mountain, right, mm-hmm. to Mount Tabor mm-hmm. and feeling my weakness, wow. my poverty, Ooh. my vulnerability. And and it took me it took me a good few steps to realize, like, because at first I thought something is wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. Like, um, I'm I'm moving toward towards you, Lord, but the more I move mm-hmm. towards you, the weaker I am feeling. Wow. The more poor I'm feeling, the more vulnerable I'm feeling. Yeah. And and yet the Lord <laughs> praise be to God for his grace. He's like, No, 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 no. Uh, it's absolutely right. Because actually in this I can become even more united to God. Mm. It's like as as I became more aware of my vulnerability and my weakness mm-hmm. and, and the places that I needed him. I was free to turn those places over. And I would have to say on the day of my final vows, it was like I was just praying that I had the strength to stand up and to make it down that aisle. There it is. That's it. Yeah. Wow. And yet, sister, the powerful certainty, actually, that it was all him. You know, that actually my final profession was basically being able to leap with faith into the certainty of him, hmm. not myself, not my own strength, not my own capacities or capabilities. Um, but all of me turned over, abandoned, placed in the hands of Almighty God. And hmm. and actually God in his wisdom, like, this is the only way I could freely profess my final vows to God, um, is is having actually the certainty that he was holding me entirely. That um, wow, cool. And, and here it is, sister. Uh huh. Second week into this desert of Lent, um, the Lord is giving us this invitation. Like, yep, I've got you. Yes, like, I, I, I've got you. Yeah. Um, I have everything that you need. Cool. Um, and don't yeah. fear your weakness. Don't fear anything that you would put between. You and me, um, turn it over. Yeah, actually, these are the. This is the space of grace. That's it. you're saying. Like these are the places. Bring it to me. Yep. Yeah, and and I know we both said this, but we can't say it enough. No. And I think especially in Lent, it's like, yeah, this is what we think we need to fix ourselves. No, no, no. This is simply what. Ooh, cool. Hey, look, look yeah. at all this stuff bubbling up to the surface. Mm-hmm. Turn it over to Jesus, um, and and He gives Himself to us, mm. the beloved Son. Listen to Him. Was Jesus telling us, mm-hmm. be not afraid, rise, look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Um, I love you. Yeah. I've got you. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And everything you say, sisters, like those words too, this is my beloved son. Jesus is, I mean, we're having a, we're having a second baptism here on this transfiguration. Like these are the same words we hear the father speak over Jesus at the moment of his baptism. So here he is on this mountaintop that just last week, it was a, it was a place of temptation. Now becomes a place of glorification and it's this and at the father is redeeming is bringing jesus here to life and he's revealing his identity um and we find our own identity in him and i love what you're saying because i mean the whole the whole truth of of claiming our baptism is is claiming this truth i think you're speaking into claiming the truth that i have been claimed you know christianity isn't about grasping with self-confidence that i've i've got this it's 
I've got the truth that I have been, I have been gotten by God, that that um, I'm going to claim in the desert in a new way that I have been claimed, and that's my strength. It's the Father's choice of me. Um, you know that our heart has been God claimed. We are no longer alone. Uh, these mountain temptations are not lonely places where we battle to impress God. They're the places we encounter Him and behold Him. Um, and experience the gift of his power in us. You know, um, you know, we're we're private property now. You know, this is um this is this is a place in our own souls that that is coming to life in the desert. It's cool that God is gonna flip these deserts um on their heads, really. You know, everything we experience, it's these are the places where revelation takes place. Um, which is exciting. I mean, it flips temptation totally on its head. It's like, I wanna run to this desert place. If this is what I'm gonna find. If this is if this is what's waiting for me when I struggle, I'm not going to be rejected or ignored or disappointed by God. I'm not going to be um, turned away. He's going to reveal His Son to me there when I look up, look back, and let Him approach me. I mean, He's revolutionizing the desert. He wants to bring the garden back. It's awesome. It's it is awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, even sister, like. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to claim here. There's right. so many gifts and there's to claim here. Yeah. Well, even too, like belonging. Right. And sweet little Peter. Hey. Yeah. Let's make some tents. Yeah. Let's let's just stay here. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's like you don't I mean, if you go to someone's house, you're like, Hey, can I just pitch a tent here? Right. Like you would only do that. Listen. If you felt yeah. like, so welcomed and right. so at home and so yep. confident. Um, in love, actually, um, and and yeah, and to see Peter's response um, to what he's been welcomed into, yeah, right? I can like, imagine saying that, <laughs> <laughs> right? You like this place? Put some, let's put some pegs in the ground. Let's like let's set up. Let's do let's it. Stay put. Let's, you know, let's stay where I am, loved, beloved, belonging, right? And and this is it. This is it, sister. It's like it brings us home. It brings us home. We're made for glory. Yes. We're made for glory. Yep. Listen, we have this friend. I just have to talk about Okay, tell me about your friend. Well, you know Evan. Oh, our friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about Evan. He is so good. Um, He's a band of really beautiful brothers. Uh, that They're basically our brothers of life. Like, they, they're just such gifts to us and, and help us so very mm-hmm. much in our in our lives and in... Um, our works and mm-hmm. you know they just back us up in everything um mm-hmm. and and evan has a special gift uh for music and he kind of writes in ignatian meditation sure with cool. his music and he his whole phrase and and kind of like the way that uh the label behind his music is glory awaits cool glory awaits well wow. and again i That's think a good band name that's, I, I think, love it. I think you should send him a like that. I should, I should find out. Nobody else take it. That's his band name. <laughs> Spoken the first. Gloria yeah. waits. Uh, it belongs to Evan. Oh, I like um, But uh, just like, mm-hmm. I love thinking about this and I love mm-hmm. thinking about Evan's music because this is what it draws us into. Um, this reality that Gloria waits, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we don't have to fear. We don't have to... To, to be gloomy, uh, we can step into these promises yes, um, and lean in towards these promises without fear. Yep. Um, and this is the Lord's word, I think, to us. This is the mm-hmm. Father's word to us. Glory awaits. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I got this. I can yep. just 
look at me, found mm-hmm. persevere, keep hiking. Amen. I love that too. And I love in this interaction with Peter and 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 God, it's like he has, he articulates this des- this good desire. This what I feel for him. I'm like, yeah, I want to stay there too. And he's like, all he can think of is like, how do I stay here? Let's, let's pitch a tent. Let's get practical. Like literally stay put. And the father's response is like, he kind of almost just ignores Peter's desire for a tent. He's like, I'm not just going to give you a tent. You know, you're looking for a an actual physical place to stay. You're asking for this destination to remain. The father's like, I'm not just going to stay on a mountaintop with you. You know, I am giving my son to live with you. Like my desire for you is going to outweigh and completely overwhelm the desire you have. But Peter brings his little desire, like, this is good. I want more of this. And here we see the heart of the father revealed. Like, and I like to think of it like, you know, we we seek a vacation on the mountaintop and the father is like, I don't want to just have these destinations, you know, these vacations with you on the mountaintop experience. The father's like, I want to vacate your heart, your entire life. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to make my tent in your heart. This is, this is the reality about baptism. It's God is like, he doesn't want a physical tent outside that we visit. It's like, I want my visitation to remain in your heart. I want to stay on this mountaintop and I want to go with you when you go down. I want to go up with you on the next mountain on Calvary. Like I'm vacating your heart and every experience you're going to, you're going to have. Um, and yeah, there's going to be good times. Yeah, there's going to be hard times. And everything in between, the father is like, I want all in, you know, this, this desire to vacate every avenue of our heart, not just, not just the tent on the mountaintop. Um, his response is always more. It's so beautiful. It's everything. Mm. Wow, sister. I feel like we've hardly gotten started, but. We're going to wrap up before we don't stop. That's right. Yeah. Too many challenges or encouragements or uh, how do we, how do we, how do we do what you just said? I know, right? What about you? Do you have any? You know, actually, I did have a thought, but you're going to yeah. laugh at me. No, I, I, I think everyone's going to laugh. Actually, this you is are funny. funny, though, so it's hard not to laugh. I'm me, sister. I'll be serious. This is what I'm thinking. Okay, like, okay. just with this gospel and... Yeah, tell me. Um, Yeah, how to keep how to keep this pearl of glory in your heart. Mm. You know, keep it. Keep it in your heart. Take it down with you as yep. you hike into the second week of Lent. But... What I'm thinking about is, you know, like those bomb sniffing dogs. Yeah, like at airports and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogs that like they're trained. They're cute, but they're kind of vicious. You got to be careful. You love them, but you like, you know, they're they're serious. Special skill. They can smell bombs. They sure can. Which is, I always think that's cool. I just think that's awesome. You can just do that. Yeah, right. That's that's a good point. So this is what I think. It's like asking Holy Spirit, like taking a moment. setting some time aside to pray in the second week of Lent and to however you want to do it. It's almost like, okay, Jesus, like, help me to sniff out, honestly, yeah, the fear in mm-hmm. my heart, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is the word that Jesus speaks to in this gospel. He touches them, he touches his disciples, and he says, rise, do not be afraid, right? Like, yeah, rise. Um, glory awaits. Uh, do not be afraid. And so to ask for two graces. First, for the Lord to show you where there is fear in your heart, mm-hmm. to name those places of fear in mm-hmm. your heart, in your life. Have courage just to name it, to be real with it. Don't let it chase you. Um, and second, um, 
to ask for the grace to become aware of how Jesus is seeking to touch you with his love. Um, and mm. in these two things, it's like first in those places of fear, hey, Jesus, touch this. Touch this with your love, right? Oh. And where he's touching you with his love already that you notice, say more. I want more. And honestly, between those two prayers and just follow the Spirit, um, allow God's glory to break into your heart. Um, guess what? Even during Lent, this glory uh, wants to find you, wants to renovate your heart, wants to bring new life. Uh, so that's my challenge. Cool. I don't know. I, yeah, that, was, that wasn't that funny. That was, yeah, that was real. <laughs> I mean, apart from the sniff dogs thing, but the bomb of the dogs. Yeah, yeah. It sounded, it started, that threw me, but yeah, you got me, you got me. That's awesome. Well, well, sister, I mean, I only kind of want to echo that something similar too, because that was, it was striking me in this gospel passage when Jesus basically commands them, rise, do not be afraid. That, that this command of rise, do not be afraid. You know, he's drawing, he's drawing in, even in the desert, he's drawing on the power of his resurrection. I mean, there is power in this desert. And it's accessible, um, and it's it's not me figuring it out. It's it's responding to the command and the power of Jesus' voice. Um, and I love that in response, you know, Jesus saying, "Rise, don't be afraid." Now, or at this point, they're like flat in the face in the in the dirt. You know, they're just they're head down. They can't even look up, trembling in fear. And when Jesus says, "Rise," the response is, "They raised their eyes and they saw no one else but Jesus alone." And it struck me. I mean, sister, they didn't even they didn't even make the effort to get off the floor and, you know, brush off the dirt. I mean, these men lying down in their fear, all Jesus asks of us this Lent, and particularly this week, is literally look up. Mm. You know, it's this simple uh, reorientation of our eyeballs. I mean, <laughs> you can't get much simpler. And the power of looking at Jesus, and I think looking up, not only just the effort of looking up, but looking up at someone who's already looking at me that Jesus is already with me and sees me and loves me and is there, especially in these times of fear that we're, we're daring every one of us, us included, to go there. We're, we're taking these challenges on personally too. That's it. Um, but even when we're there, just the relief of what Jesus asked, not to figure it out, not to freak out, but literally in that place, even staying in the mud, but simply to look up. Um, he gives us the grace to do that because he's commanding it. Um, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow, this is going to be a good week. week. Mm-hmm. We're getting in there. Yeah, when you start this way, you can't, oh. can't help not. Off. Yeah. Wow, sister, should we close with a prayer? Yeah, can you lead us? Let's, let's do it. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we praise you. We thank you. We thank you uh, for the glory uh, that we have access to. In you, in your Son, in your Holy Spirit, uh, we ask for every grace to open our hearts to receiving this gift, to welcoming this gift, to claiming this gift as we walk through this desert of Lent. Uh, Holy Spirit, give us courage. Give us a real uh, thirst for the glory of the Father, which is uh, his beloved Son, and animate this gift in our own hearts that we claim who we are as your beloved sons and daughters in the second week of Lent. We thank you ahead of time. 
So you say, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and it will be forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's claim them. Let's do it. See you out there. Good to be with you. God bless you all. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.